We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Co-host TJ Inman will be, a, be uh, on shortly and we'll have a special guest, Alex Compton, uh, who's a staff writer here at Hoosier Huddle, uh, to talk about uh, the Mac. He's our resident Mac expert. Uh, but tonight we are wrapping up our three podcast series uh, from around the nation. We'll cover the SEC and the four group of five conferences uh, that we did not touch on yesterday. Uh, now we welcome in TJ Inman. TJ, how are you? I'm doing very well, Sammy. Uh, I hope the people have uh, enjoyed uh, the way that we're kind of approaching the, the national landscape of things, dipping our toes into the water here for a national preview. And uh, I know I'm every time we you know do any research on these or uh, or talk about uh, talk about this on a podcast. It just gets me even more excited for the upcoming season. Yep, forty four days to go. Um, forty four days in an hour, uh, as the IU will kick yep. off against Ohio State at eight o'clock on August thirty first. Let's get down to it uh, in the SEC. Um, let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh, division champs. Uh, who are your division champs in the East and West? Well, uh, for me, I, I know that Alabama loses a ton, but I, I just think it'd be, uh, I don't want to say foolish, but that's kind of the way I feel at this point. It'd be kind of foolish to pick uh, anyone but Alabama uh, to win the West. I think that they have proven enough at this point. I don't think we have to talk a ton uh, about the Crimson Tide to know, you know, how highly respected Nick Saban has become. Uh, certainly one of the greatest coaches of all time. So I'm going to go with Alabama in the West. The East is a much tougher uh, proposition to pick. I major toss-up for me between Florida and Georgia. I, I was leaning towards Florida for quite a while before I eventually took the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, I, I, I do like that program. I uh, like the uniforms, and um, uh, I've always kind of had a had a thing for Georgia. Uh, probably, honestly, it's probably because of the Bulldog. Uga, uh, always loved that. Uh, from a football team standpoint, I do think their defense is going to be nasty. Uh, they returned 10, 10 starters, uh, including, you know, a really good group of linebackers and a, a good secondary. This is a, a veteran defense that I think is going to carry the way for them, their their defense plus their rushing attack as they get back Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb. Um, obviously, a bit of a break in the schedule as well as they don't play Alabama in the regular season. 
So uh, I'm going with Alabama and then Georgia in the east. So Kirby Smart to take on his uh, former boss in the SEC title game. I uh, Alabama is is a given. Uh, it, it's uh, they're just they're loaded. Uh, Jalen Hurts is back. Paul Scarborough is back. Uh, they just reload uh, every year, and it, and it's tough. The, the rest of the West really hasn't. You know they've fallen back. LSU has fallen back. Texas A&M has taken a step back. Auburn has taken a little step back. Uh, and we'll talk about them uh, in a little bit too. So I, I think Alabama is still the class of the SEC West, uh, even though they lose a ton. But they lose a ton every year, and they always uh, answer the bell. Uh, excuse my my dog for squeaking his his tennis ball, but uh, you know I have to have him in the office with me uh, right now. So he has to keep himself entertained. Um, Anyway, out of the East, I, I texted you last night talking about it. I said it doesn't really matter. Um, right. You know, they, Florida's won the last two SEC East, uh, SEC East titles, but the, they got blown out last year. They just didn't score enough points. Uh, their defense is pretty good. Uh, Georgia's offense wasn't very good last year either. Uh, they struggled, but I, I – I think having a, a sophomore, Jacob Eason, the two running backs coming back, and then they have a stout defense. The Florida-Georgia game, which we'll, we might talk about later as well uh, in our best game of the year in the SEC, it's the world's largest cocktail party. Uh, the winner of that should win uh, the SEC East, and I think Georgia's got the upper hand this year. So yep. let's go um, – Let's go. I do think it's, the a, it's a pretty, pretty clear toss-up, though. I think between uh, Florida and Georgia, and I, I do think the rest of the division is a step behind those two. Uh, coach on the hot seat. I'm going Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M. Uh, you don't get paid five million dollars a year to go eight and five every year, and that's kind of what they've fallen into. Three straight seasons of eight and five. Uh, they start off hot, and then they kind of collapse toward the end of the year. Uh, just a lot of attrition on that roster, uh, quarterback turnover. Um, it, it it just makes you wonder whether or not Kevin someone's going to be able to kind of get them from pretty good to great. And for me, it's an example of what Nick Saban has done to the, the conference and the division as a whole as, you know, opposing fan bases see what Alabama's doing it, it just gets them antsy and thinking, well, why not us? And Texas A&M, their fan base used themselves as someone that should be higher than 8-5. and five. And to be fair, they're spending money to be higher than 8-5. and five. Uh, But it's, you know, it, I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to uh, take another step forward. And if you've plateaued, it, it usually means at most places, if you end up plateauing and there's a lack of progress, even if your level is pretty good, you usually don't last too much longer. That's right. I am going to go with Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. It's kind of a, an easy one to pick. Uh, the sanctions there rival at Mississippi State and smoked by Vanderbilt by three touchdowns. Um, they just weren't competitive last year outside of a five-point loss to Alabama at home. Uh, they have, uh, you know, these sanctions, are, 
it's an investigation that's going on for, for about five years now, and the sanctions are going to come down eventually uh, from the NCAA. They have a self-imposed uh, bowl ban for this year, and it, it just coaches. It's hard for coaches to survive that. They're coming off a five to seven season. They're a tough division. Almost, I, I think the administration thinks that they belong with the rest of the SEC West, and they, they've been close. They've knocked off Alabama a couple of times. Uh, they've been they've been in the top five. They've been ranked in the top two, I believe, and they just can't get over that hump. And right now, it's it's do or die for for Ole Miss, and they're projected to, to come in last in the SEC West, uh, which is which is not terrible. Somebody has to finish last in that division, uh, and it's a really tough division. But you know they're. They went five and five and uh, seven last year after a ten and three season, so that was extremely disappointing. Uh, nine and four the season before that, and eight five. So there was steady improvement uh, from 2013 up until 2015, and then it just you know the stuff hit the fan uh, last year. The schedule is, is not that easy. They have to go to Alabama, they have to go to Auburn, uh, and they play at Mississippi State Thanksgiving night will give us something to watch the egg bowl on, on Thanksgiving night. But I, I don't think Hugh freeze is long for that job. If, if sanctions start coming down uh, the way everybody expects them to. Yeah, uh, that that's very fair. Uh, Hugh freeze. I'd be quite surprised if he was to coach there. Um, and I know that their administration is publicly very much backing him and doubling down on him. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if he's the coach there when next season, the 2018 season, kicks off. Yeah, let's move on to to uh, venue you'd like to to visit. Uh, I mean, there are obviously there's a lot of great venues in the SEC that I'd love to go, uh, love to go see to experience a game. But since we only get to pick one, I'm taking LSU and I'm taking a night game. Uh, to, to see Death Valley at night, um, I I don't think I have to explain what kind of atmosphere that is. I might not particularly have a ton of fun watching a play offense during that game, but I'd have a whole lot of fun just being there. Yeah, I I, I did not pick LSU, but that's only because I've been to a game at LSU uh, way before I could enjoy tailgating. Um, properly. Uh, I, I was there for LSU Notre Dame game when, when coach Donardo was there so much fun. It was a lot colder than expected uh, in November, but it was so much fun. RVs were parked out there all week uh, and a lot of fun, but I, mine is a toss up between Tennessee and Ole Miss. Uh, again, like Washington, Tennessee has the volunteer Navy uh, you, you tailgate on a boat, go to the game, very cool, and then Ole Miss has the growth, and I, I don't think you could beat that in the SEC uh, for tailgating. Two very special places uh, in college football. I, I, I'm going to have to go with with Tennessee and the Volunteer Navy uh, with that slightly over the Grove at, at Ole Miss, but I, I'd love to do both. Uh, if there's yeah. time to go down, uh, down to Knoxville uh, or down to Oxford, Mississippi, uh, that's that's a trip I, I'd love to make. Uh, best uniforms? Well, 
uh, I almost went with Georgia because uh love those silver britches. And for those to watch Squidbillies, you get that. Um, but I went with LSU. They've got that classic look. Particularly, they've gone back towards it more here in the last few years. Uh, I think that they've got three really good combinations. Uh, they're purple and gold, and then, you know, when they mix in the white as well, uh, it's a clean look. It's a classic look, and, uh, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with that Tiger logo they've got as well. So I'll go LSU. Yeah, I want LSU as well. I think they have the best uniforms in the country. Um, you know, I, I saw the, them uh, when they played Notre Dame in the Independence Bowl uh, in the late 90s. They broke out those white helmets. I fell in love with the white helmets then. Still love yeah. the white helmets yeah. now. Uh, but they wear white at home with that yellow helmet, the purple trim, yellow pants. Uh, it just looks fantastic. So L- LSU is not only my favorite in the SEC they're my favorite in the country as well. Uh, let's go program on the rise. You know, it's really hard to rise in the SEC. Uh, it's hard to pick a riser from the West because the top of the league is so firmly entrenched. Uh, so in the East is where I turn my attention, and I'm going with Georgia based on how they are recruiting. Uh, Georgia's recruiting at a really high level right now under Kirby Smart. And it I, I'm not entirely sure whether or not he's a great head coach yet, know how anybody could be. And you, you have to be to win consistently in this league, um, or any league for that matter. I don't want to make it, you know, be one of those people that just pretends like the SEC is the only good place in college football. But uh, Georgia's recruiting right up there behind Alabama. Nobody recruits with Alabama, but right behind them uh, is the Bulldogs, and, and they've got a they've got a top-notch defense under Kirby Smart, which is the way you have to build things uh, to be consistently successful, and there's, I, I do think you'll start to see that offense come around uh, under either Jacob Eason or somebody else, because they did bring in a couple more uh, really highly touted quarterbacks, so I'll go with Georgia mainly because I think the East is there to be taken control of. If you can take control of that, you can start to win 10, 11 games every year and maybe turn yourself from a just an SEC East contender into a national contender. Yeah, I, I went with Georgia as well. Uh, it seems like Florida, if they can't figure, out, figure that out on offense, uh, could be looking at a coaching right. change. South Carolina is still uh, rebuilding F with Will Muschamp. Uh, and then you have Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, I think, is on the way down. Uh, and Butch Jones yep. could be on the hot seat as well. And, and Georgia really is is that only team really on the rise. Maybe Kentucky as well, uh, but it is Kentucky. Uh, but Georgia, you know, has that national cachet to be able to, uh, you know, maybe compete with Alabama down the road. Uh, most interesting program, TJ? You know, the, the teams that I have chosen to be interesting, I, I think people are probably wondering what's wrong with me. Well, there are uh, no options in the SEC. No, there's not. Uh, but there is a team coached by a hilarious individual that's probably a gigantic jerk. Uh, and we learned this during his time in the Big Ten. That's right. I'm going with uh, Mr. Brett Bielema and the Arkansas Razorbacks. It's a perfect fit. Bielema, I mean, he, he 
he fits Arkansas to a T. I do like their uniforms. I like their nickname. The Razorback is cool. I like the aesthetic on TV. They got the Woo Pig Suey chant going, which I don't really understand at all. Bill and I think is absolutely hilarious. He gives, uh, I mean, he really does not care at all what anyone thinks of him. Um, they consistently play entertaining games. It's, it's one thing. I mean, when you turn in to watch them, you know you're going to get high scoring and you're going to get some drama. Uh, just Arkansas has consistently played one possession games. And now, what makes them interesting moving forward, they constantly end up with six, seven, or eight wins. They don't bottom out, but they don't really break into that top half of a very tough division. So, is that going to be enough for Arkansas fans, or do they begin to grow restless with Bielema? Uh Paul Rhodes, I think, is a well-respected defensive coordinator, but right now the defense really sucks. Uh, so, if Paul Rhodes can get that defense going, um, and they can raise the level on defense just a little bit. Maybe they can step up and get into that nine, ten win category occasionally. If he can just have those occasional seasons, I think Arkansas fans will be really happy with the program. Uh, but so far, that breakthrough hasn't happened yet. So, do they get restless and think they can do better, uh, or do they, do they stay satisfied with Bielema? That's what makes them interesting to me because there are so many heavyweights around them what's going to be good enough. Yeah, Arkansas is a good one. I went with LSU. Uh, they're interesting because they, they fired Les Miles in the middle of last year after a game that appeared that they had won, got reversed uh, to a loss, and they replaced him yep. with Ed Ogeron, who's entertaining uh, and and all of that. The, but coach the interesting o. part is, is, is that Coach O wasn't the highest name on, on anybody's list. Uh, in terms of taking over a program of LSU that's top 10 program in the country, uh, maybe even top five. Uh, But, you know, what do they do? How does he recruit? How does he coach? He he was not very successful in coaching uh, at Ole Miss. Uh, He had a nice uh, fill-in year after Lane Kiffin got fired at USC. Uh, But what what happens? Does LSU take a step back? Can he get these big-time recruits out of Louisiana to come to LSU? And can he match wits with Nick Saban uh, and, and do what Les Miles, who ha- is arguably the most successful coach in LSU history, uh, if not one of the top three uh, to go through there, he does he have you know the the balls that Les Miles had uh, when running that program? I I don't know. But anyway, uh, we've had Alex Compton on the line. Uh, here for a few minutes, getting ready for group of five, the rest of the group of five. Let's start off with the Mac, and let's bring Alex Compton in. Alex, how are you? Good, Sammy. How about yourself? Getting close to football season. It is getting close. Uh, 43 days starting tomorrow, or 44 and, uh, you know, 42 minutes right now. Uh, till till we kick it off. So uh, I know TJ and I and, and the rest of Hoosier Huddle, you and David, uh, we're chomping at the bit to get ready. Alex, you're our Mac uh, in-house Mac expert. Let's go over, uh, you know, some quick tidbits in the Mac, uh, and, and we'll go with you, Alex, and TJ. Then I'll give it, and and we we won't go as much into depth. We have four conferences to to cover here, but uh, who's your Mac uh, Mac division champions this year? 
Yeah, so first of all, great title, being the in-house Mac expert. Uh, that warms my heart. So I've been a huge Mac guy for years. Um, with that being said, though, um, it pains me to say it as a diehard NIU fan, but I do think Toledo is going to break through this year and finally win the West. Um, you look at their team, specifically on offense, they have Logan Woodside, who is without a doubt one of the best non-group uh, power five quarterbacks in the country, and he's obviously the best quarterback in the MAC. Um, but like I said, can they get over that hump? They've been good for years. They just haven't been able to beat Western Michigan and NIU. Um, I think they could do it this year. So look for Toledo in the West. Um, on the East, um, I do like Miami, Ohio as kind of like a sleeper pick. Um, they got really hot at the end of the last year. They actually blew their bowl game against Mississippi State. Um, but you look at Miami, Ohio. Um, if they can replace some production at DN, they have probably the best defense in the MAC. Um, there are two corners on the outside, Jeterius Jones and Austin Gearing. Um, those are good players. Um, and I think Miami, Ohio actually could, could get it done in the West this year. Um, Gus Ragland, their quarterback, probably the second best quarterback in the league. Um, so I think that a Toledo, Miami, Ohio little in state rivalry could be kind of fun in the MAC championship. All right, TJ, you're, you're MAC champion. I'll take Toledo in the West. I do think that they're going to break through and uh, finally get it done. Uh, and if not this year, then you got to question, will it ever happen? Uh, I do see them winning double-digit games and uh, playing in a nice bowl game, um, even though the MAC, you know, bowl ties are, are not tremendous, but I think that they'll get top billing there. Uh, in the East, I'll take Ohio. Uh, Frank Solis has consistently had that program uh, humming along pretty well. I think Miami is uh, perhaps the best team. I just have a little bit more trust in the Ohio Bobcats. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with TJ there with Ohio. They're, you know what you're getting out of Frank Solich uh, in the East. And, and uh, you know, Miami still has uh, some work to do in, you know, their coaching. They went on an unbelievable uh, winning streak after I, I believe they started 0 and 6 or 1 and 6, uh, but they went on a on a big winning streak uh, to make that bowl game. They almost shocked uh, SEC, as Alex said, SEC foe um, Mississippi State. But you know Ohio has, has a favorable schedule. They could knock off two Power Five teams. Uh, you know they travel to Purdue in Week Two. They get Kansas at home on September 16th. Uh, so if, if you're looking out for some action over uh, Power 5 teams, those are two you can circle your calendar there. And Ohio does get Miami of Ohio at home on Halloween. Uh, so that, that gives them a, a, a little bit of an edge um, in terms of, of winning the East. And then Toledo is, you know, they'll, they'll finally hopefully get over the hump for them. They get Northern Illinois and Western Michigan at home this year, and, and we'll see what they can do uh, with them. All right, Alex, coach on the hot seat in the MAC. Again, pains me to say it. Unfortunately, it's going to be Rod Carey at NIU. Um, he was a guy as, as recently as two seasons ago that was linked to some Power Five jobs, including Purdue. Um, but unfortunately, things did not go well for him last year. Um, the biggest gripe on him so far has been uh, recruiting and then a lack of bowl success. Um, he won three MAC West titles his first three years. Um, and then went 0-4 out of MAC play and missed the bowl game. Um, you can't lose to Western Illinois at home. You, you just can't. 
And for a program that's had such good success at the mid-major level, um, to see a drop-off like that was, was pretty surprising. Um, so Rod Carey is, is my guy on the hot seat. Um, and if you kind of read around in the national media, I think a lot of people will agree with me, which is unfortunate. Um, but I'm hoping he can get off of it this season. All right, TJ, you're uh, coach on the hot seat. I'll go with uh, Paul Haynes at Kent State. It's a program that um, has a fairly decent tradition that in Paul Haynes' four years there since taking over for um, the likely unemployed for quite some time as far as head coaching goes, Daryl Hazel, uh, Paul Haynes has gone 12-35 and in four years. Uh, I, I don't really think there's much hope for them to get much more than a few wins this year. You're looking at maybe four. Uh, they play at Clemson. They play at Marshall. They play at Louisville. I mean, that's a brutal non-conference slate. And then they're, they're in uh, – they got a tough tough road to hoe with out of conference. Um, they're cross-division games at Northern Illinois and at Western. So uh, it's, it's not real pretty uh, for – for Paul Haynes and, Gold, er, and the Golden Flashes. I'm going to go with them, and I, I'd be stunned if he was able to keep his job. That's a good one, too, uh, TJ. I'm going to go off the radar a little bit in what would probably be shocking to most uh, college football experts. I'm going to go Lance Leopold at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is a tough job uh, to, to get a handle on. Uh, you're up there in western New York. It's cold. Uh, their football stadium has a track around it. It's not the best venue uh, to play. Uh, it's not. It's split between a downtown campus and, and a campus about 30 minutes away from downtown Buffalo. Uh, fan base isn't great uh, and, and all that stuff, but he hasn't won. You know, he has a career record of, of 116 and 23, uh, but that hasn't translated uh, since he's moved up from, I, I believe he was at Wisconsin Whitewater, and yep. just hasn't translated. Uh, he went five and seven his first year at Buffalo. Went two and ten last year. Overall record of seven seventeen. They lost to Albany at home. You cannot lose to Albany at home. Uh, you know, an FCS uh, team and not a great FCS team uh, at that. They uh, beat Army in overtime which is probably their most shocking win. And then they beat Akron 41, 20. Uh, but you know, where, where are these wins coming from? They have to travel to army. Uh, they play Colgate. Uh, and, and then you're at ball State, Akron at Miami of Ohio that, that, and at Minnesota, if they go three and nine, uh, two and 10 again, you know, it, it could be a, a short a short stay at Buffalo for Lance Leopold. Uh, that success that he had at uh, Division Three has not uh, transferred up to uh, the FBS level. And I get it's a tough job, but, you know, if, if you're under 10 wins in three years, uh, they might have a quick trigger finger uh, up for the uh, Buffalo Bulls. All right. Let's do a game of the year in the, in the MAC. Uh, Alex, your game of the year. Um, for me, I think it's going to be um, Ohio week two going into Purdue and beating the Boilermakers. Um, speaking from personal experience, there is nothing like going into a Power Five conference school and taking them down as a MAC team. Um, so I think Ohio legitimately can do that. Um, Purdue 
is going to be down again this year, although I guess how, how down is down. Um, but Ohio could actually be Purdue in week two. Um, so that would be my game of the year as a, as a nice upset for, for the Bobcats. All right, TJ. Well, uh, I mean, that, I'm looking forward to watching that one just from a interest standpoint for me uh, for scouting Purdue plus uh, certainly wouldn't mind seeing Purdue lose. That'd be fun. Something, um, something to do on a Friday <laughs> night as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to go with a game that uh, I think Toledo fans are desperate for, uh, and that's going to be the uh, season finale on November 24th, hosting Western Michigan. Uh, you never know what the weather's going to be like uh, end of November in Ohio, as we know here. Jason Candle has got that program in position to win a conference title, and that uh, it's going to be on ESPN. And who knows? Maybe Toledo is, you know, maybe they can run the table and, and have themselves in position for a for an unbeaten regular season. I certainly don't think that's going to happen, but it is possible. Uh, they could be in the top 25. You know, there there could be a whole lot on the line that night. Um, so I'm going to go with Toledo versus Western Michigan, and I think that that's a game that will decide the West title. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with uh, TJ there. Toledo, Western Michigan, it's going to be a lot on the line unless something drastic happens during the regular season. Right. As nice as it would be to uh, see Ohio beat beat Purdue, uh, the best – just the, the – the thing with the most on the line is probably going to be that Toledo Western Michigan game. I, I remember watching the, the Maxion game last year. I think it was Toledo where it was so foggy. You couldn't see the, the players and, and things like that, but that's what you get with Tuesday night games in the Mac. Um, and, and that's my game of the year. Anyway, Alex, thanks for hopping on with us. I know you're, you're busy down in, uh, down in Memphis uh, doing your thing uh, for internships. But uh, thanks for jumping on and, and talking some matching with us. Yeah, you got it, guys. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Alex. All right, that was Alex Compton. Let's go uh, for the rest of the the rest of uh, the group of five. Let's start with Conference USA. Uh, I, who are your division champs? Oh, uh, division champs in Conference USA. It's a it's an interesting conference because I do think they've come. Uh, I they're they're not quite at the level of the American. That that's certainly true. But I, I think they've come through the overall expansion pretty well, uh, and they've got a, a a good group of teams, uh, particularly at the top of the league, uh, that are that are capable of beating some power conference opponents. Uh, I'm going in the east, western Kentucky, and in the west, Louisiana Tech. I think those are probably the two uh, favorites, and and I do think that they're a step above everyone else with the exception of possibly Middle Tennessee, uh, who has a well-established good tradition program. But uh, I'll go with western Kentucky and Louisiana Tech, and I'm taking Louisiana Tech and Skip Holtz to go ahead and win that conference uh, out or, uh, overall and watch them. They get games against Mississippi State at home, and they get a game at South Carolina on September 23rd. So a uh, couple of upset out there, while Western Kentucky has September 9th at Illinois. Yep, I, I'm going to go with the same matchup. Um, 
with Western Kentucky and Louisiana Tech, these teams put up a ton of points. In last year's Conference USA championship game, Western Kentucky won 58-44. Yeah. And – uh, in an October 6th game, uh, regular season game, Western Kentucky lost 55-52. So if you're betting these teams to pick the over, uh, unless the over is like yeah. 200, uh, but the over Western Kentucky, if you're betting on Western Kentucky games, always pick the over. Um, in that, I you know this is going to be a rematch uh, of it uh, of the game uh, of the game September 16th. Louisiana Tech has to travel to Western Kentucky. That's going to be tough, but Western Kentucky is going through a lot. They changed coaches uh, with Mike Sanford coming in now. Uh, you know, I'll give the, the edge to Skip Holtz in Louisiana Tech, but that's going to be a high-scoring game, and they're going to have to beat Western Kentucky twice uh, in order to take the Conference USA title. Uh, let's go yeah. uh, game of the year. Uh, I believe, you know, it, I'll go first on this one. It's Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, uh, that third week three of the year. Uh, it's going to be a preview of the conference championship game. It's a lot of points. Uh, fun, these are fun teams, fun teams to watch if you like points. Yep, I'm in agreement with you. Nothing further to say. All right, coach in the hot seat. Uh, you know. There are a couple of different good choices here, and I I, I don't like doing this because I do think uh, I do think he's a pretty good coach. But I'm going to go Doc Holliday at Marshall um, just because I I know how high the expectations are for that fan base, and they just haven't been met recently, uh, including last season, which was a three and nine, uh, winning just two conference games. Um, I, I, that's just not good enough for them. They lost to Charlotte last season. They got hammered by Port International. They got embarrassed by Western Kentucky, 60 to six. So I, I just, that's not good enough for Marshall. It's a very proud program. And if they can't get to a bowl game this season, I think you could see them look to go with the younger, uh, younger head coach and kind of restart things. Yeah, that, that's. I, I was thinking Doc Holiday as well, but I think he's he's built up enough uh, cachet there. Um, it, yeah, it, it would be to, surprising, but to, to survive, and maybe not another three and nine year, but you know, a, a, a bowlless year if they go five and seven or six and six. Um, I'm going to go Sean Kugler at at UTEP. It's an extremely tough job to do, uh, but he's yeah. been there. This is going to be his fifth year there, uh, and. You know, 2014, he topped out at seven and six, and then it's been a steady decline. He started 2012 uh, at three and nine, or he started 2013 uh, at two and ten. Went to a bowl game in 14 at seven and six, fell back to five and seven, four and eight last year. And if he goes four and eight and three and nine, he could be the guy who gets a hepo in Conference USA West. Uh, their their schedule is not too friendly. They have to go to Oklahoma. They get Rice at home. They play Arizona. Uh, you have to go to Army. Uh, Western Kentucky uh, comes in. It, it's just a tough job at UTEP. They're in El Paso, Western Texas. Uh, so I'm going to go Sean Kugler uh, with that. All right, next conference up. We are uh, speeding through here. Uh, the Mountain West. Uh, 
Who's your Mountain West champion? Mountain West is a it's a good league, but it has taken a step back here recently. Um, uh, they it is certainly now more than just Boise State, which is is good for the league. Uh, and you know Wyoming has some star power uh, with Josh Allen um, going with Colorado State in the Mountain and San Diego State in the West. Uh, and I, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Colorado State to win the conference title. I know that that's a, a surprising pick, uh, but I, I I like that program, and I think Mike Bobo has done a really good job of uh, recruiting. Michael Gallup is a receiver that not many know about. He's a really big physical guy. Um, it's an NFL prospect for sure. Nick Stevens is a really good quarterback. They've got a really good running game, and their defense should be better than it was last season due to uh, bringing back seven starters. Um, I, I I just I think that they're going to get over the hump and take off Boise State because they get them at home, they get Air Force at home, uh, they do have to go to Hawaii, but yeah, interesting schedule for them. They start off Oregon State and Colorado. Uh, they're opening up a new stadium. It's an on-campus stadium at Fort Collins. The pictures of it look really, really nice. Um, so I'm going to go with Colorado State, and then San Diego State uh, has turned themselves into a you know a very very good mid-major program. Uh, but I, I like the Rams. Yeah. That, that'll be a two-team race in, in the mountain, uh, probably. Maybe Wyoming throws their hat in that race as well. Uh, in the West, I will take San Diego State. Uh, they're the most polished team. They're, they're probably the best team in that. It's between them and Hawaii, uh, but San Diego State is, is, is probably better than Hawaii. Uh, in, the, in the mountain, I'm sorry, in the mountain, I will take Boise State. They've been there before. They know how to win the big game uh, on the road. They have a chance to upset a uh, Power 5 team with Virginia coming in onto the Smurf turf. Uh, they have to go to Washington State. who is, That's a potential upset opportunity there as well uh, if their defense could shut down Luke Falk. Uh, but uh, at Boise State, they, they return. Uh, they have uh, Brett Ripon, a, a quarterback who's been fantastic. And uh, although they don't have a ton of returning uh, experience. They've been there before. They know how to play in these big games uh, and, and and win those games. So I'm going to go with Boise State over Colorado State uh, there. Uh, how about your best game in the Mountain West? I'm going to go with uh, Boise State at Colorado State um, for reasons that I mentioned. I mean, if I'm taking Colorado State to win their division, they obviously have to knock off Boise State uh, so I'm taking that, and it comes at the end of a tough stretch for them. They've got Air Force. So they're at New Mexico, which is a physical running team, uh, versus Air Force at Wyoming, and then you got Boise State at home November 11th. So uh, I'll go with that one, and I think that game does ultimately decide the mountain. Yeah, I'm going to go with Boise State at San Diego State in a championship game preview. Um, those are the two favorites in, in the in the conference, uh, and that'll get to know uh, get to know each other, and, and it should be a good game down um, down in San Diego. It was 
they didn't play last year against each other. Uh, but that that has my game of the week, uh, game of the year on there. It comes earlier in the season on October 14th, uh, and it, it should go a long way into how these two teams' the seasons go in in their divisions. All right, coach in the hot seat in the Mountain West. Uh, I mean, I I don't think there is one to be honest. I think the the coach the schools that uh, could have made a change definitely did. If you're going to pick anybody, it kind of has to be Tony Sanchez at UNLV, but um, people really seem to to like uh, what he's building there in terms of recruiting. Uh, He's a former high school coach from the the power of Bishop Gorman High School there in Vegas. Um, So it's a hire that made sense, and, you know, he's still pretty early in his tenure, but if you're going to pick anybody, I guess it has to be him, but I don't think there will be a coaching change in this league. Yeah, this is a tough week to pick a uh, uh, coach in the hot seat. I went with Tony Sanchez as well. He's heading into that all-important third year, uh, a guy who is, you know, Bishop Gorman's one of those national powers in high school, and they wanted to yeah. see if that could translate there and, and keep those Vegas recruits at home. Uh, he's 7-17 seven in his two years uh, at at UNLV. Their schedule does not really uh, set up that well. Uh, they do get Howard, um, but they do have to travel to Idaho, at Ohio State, uh, which is tough, at Air Force, and then the end of the year at New Mexico and at Nevada. Uh, so it, it could be another tough year for UNLV, but if they bottom out, it, it could be a quick hook, especially with these, these high school coaches. Um, anyway, let's move on to the Sun Belt. Uh, which is our final conference, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, the independence. Uh, Sunbelt, uh, Sunbelt champion. Who is your Sunbelt champion? Well, there are no uh, no divisions, so um, you know you're kind of stuck picking between Appalachian State, Appalachian State, Troy, or Arkansas State, and as a result of the schedule. I'm going to take Appalachian State. I think that their schedule is slightly easier. Um, these three schools are the clear-cut uh, top three. I think beyond that, you're really searching for quality teams. Uh, but those top three are, are pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to take Appalachian State as well. Uh, they do miss Troy. They do miss Arkansas State uh, on their yeah. schedule. Um, which makes it, it, it tough. It, it's really going back to that old school Big Ten uh, tiebreaker mentality of, of a champion. Um, but I, I go Appalachian State. They've been waiting for a breakthrough. Um, they 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 get Wake Forest at home. That's an opportunity for them to win, uh, uh, beat a Power Five team, uh, and, and we'll see where they go from there. Uh, best game. That's. Uh, Probably the season finale for Arkansas State uh, hosting Troy. Uh, there's a chance that that could decide the conference crown, um, but at the very least, it will be an elimination game. I mean, the loser of that game will certainly not be winning the conference. So I'll go Arkansas State hosting Troy on December 2nd. I went with that as well. Uh, it's it's the two of the best teams matching up against each other. It's one of the few games that, that, that happens in this conference due to the scheduling, uh, the scheduling stuff. Uh, so Arkansas State um, 
sorry, yeah, Arkansas State uh, against Troy is my game of the year. Who's on your hot seat? I mean, it, it's weird to call a second-year coach on the hot seat, but Tyson Summers at Georgia Southern certainly is. Uh, he turned his back on the option a little bit, which did not go over well with fans in Georgia uh, in that community, uh, which is a pretty proud football tradition. They expect good results, and they didn't get it. Um, I think things would have been okay had he kind of turned away from the option and like won nine games, but they only won five, and there was a pretty senior, <laughs> a pretty senior laden roster uh, that he had. So now you're kind of starting over uh, in terms of your your starters returning. Uh, he is at least verbally backing the move back to the uh, back to the option. Uh, bringing in Brian Cook as the new offensive coordinator. So, you know, that's positive, but it's a tough schedule with games at Troy, at Appalachian State, and Arkansas State. They drew all three of those. And then they've got at Auburn to open the season. And, of course, September 23rd at Indiana. Um, So, you know, you're looking at two losses right there, most likely. Uh, It's not a guarantee that Indiana beats them, but Indiana will be heavily favored. You've got those two, and then you've got the three favorites on your schedule in your conference as well. So it, it's kind of hard to find a path to a bowl game for Georgia Southern. And if Tyson Summers misses another bowl game, say the option offense does not come together for him in year two, well, uh, it would not be shocking to see Georgia Southern say we're better than this and, and go elsewhere. Yeah, I had Tyson Summers as well. Uh, he's already made his coordinator changes after a disaster last year, uh, trying to throw the ball more. Uh, Georgia Southern, those fans are very prideful of the triple option that they run. He changed it. It did not go well, uh, which does not endear you to the fans. And, you know, you gotta, you got to win games, too. If you're going to change something up like that, yeah, you're right. you got to win games. So Tyson Summers is my coach in the hot seat there. Let's go uh, talk about um, independence, uh, independent teams here uh, for a little bit. Uh, of course, Notre Dame is uh, the biggest independent school. And then you also have Army, uh, BYU, and football power, uh, the UMass Minutemen, uh, are independent as well, uh, since no conference would want to take them uh, in, in fear of uh, – unbalancing, um, you know, divisions or something. So let's start with Notre Dame. Uh, Since there's no game of the year, uh, conference, stuff like that, um, let's pick what, out of of those four teams, what's your game of the year? I I think it probably is Notre Dame, uh, since they do have such an interesting schedule always. Gosh, there's a lot to choose from, but I, I think since they so rarely play uh, and it's an early season game where you still don't know what to expect, maybe they'll end up being really good. For instance, Notre Dame-Michigan State last year, uh, you know, we thought that, wow, that's an early game between two top 20 teams. Well, it turns out they both were terrible. So, But early in the year, you don't know that. So you're tricked into believing, hey, I just watched a really good game. Uh, oh, yeah, like so, Notre Dame-Texas. Yeah, there you go, Notre Dame, Texas. Um, hey, the common thread here, huh? But uh, yeah. I'll go with uh, September 9th, an early season game. 
between two teams that rarely play, but I know that uh, Georgia fans are really looking forward to it. A, uh, a game at Notre Dame Stadium between the Georgia Bulldogs and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So I'll go with that one September 9th. What are the stakes for it? No clue, but if Georgia wins that one and goes on to win the East, uh, and then, you know, maybe that gives them a chance at a New Year's Six game, whereas a loss to Notre Dame plus a loss to Alabama in the SEC title game, you're looking at already the best you can do is 10-2. and two. Uh, If you drop another one somewhere in there, your New Year's Six game is probably off the table. And for Notre Dame, the stakes are clear for them with Brian Kelly entering the year needing a good season. An early home loss to the Georgia Bulldogs would not be a good way to get things going. No, and I'm going to go Notre Dame. Rivalry rivalry games are always fun. They play for the Jewel Chalet. Uh, It's one of the traditional rivalries in college football. Uh, and nobody can forget the bush push uh, that happened in 05. Uh, and th- by then you'll know what Notre Dame is made out of, and USC uh, is supposed to win uh, or be in contention for the Pac-12 title. Uh, so it could be, you know, a, a nice win for USC or a great win for, for Notre Dame. Uh, let's go coach on the hot seat. Uh, Brian Kelly. Um you can say what you want about how good of a coach he might be. I know he's highly respected in the industry, but at some point, Notre Dame fans, um, they, they don't tolerate seasons like four and eight. They just don't. It doesn't matter what you did two years ago. You go four and eight and you're instantly on the hot seat. If you're in a place like Notre Dame, they expect a lot better than that. And for the resources they commit to football, you can understand their expectations. Um, they want to be in the national conversation, and quite frankly, they're just not. And they haven't been on a consistent basis for quite some time. There have been years where they have, you know, jumped up and done it, and that raises expectations back up again, only to drift back. And if you drift back to four and eight, you better not follow it up with a season that's anything less than like eight wins. Yeah, I, I agree on Brian Kelly. Uh, he just comes off as a dislikable fellow. And uh, oh, yeah. you, can't, you cannot, you know, just win four games at Notre Dame and, and be uh, the type of coach that he is. Uh, but this is a gut check year for Notre Dame. They have a tough schedule as always. Uh, you know, Georgia's coming in. We talked about that. They have to go to Michigan State. They have to go to North Carolina. They get USC at home. They have to travel to Miami and to Stanford. And then Navy's always a tough game for them uh, recently. I, I think if they don't win eight games or they win eight games or fewer, I think he's on his way out in South Bend uh, with, with 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 the way they, they've had performances. Uh, but it, it's a gut check year. You'll see – what Notre Dame's uh, made of this year. If they want to fight for Brian Kelly's job, uh, they're going to need to win nine or more games, uh, which it, it, it's not out of the question that this team might not even win six games. And, and back-to-back losing seasons for Notre Dame is unacceptable uh, in South Bend. And Brian Kelly will see himself uh, looking for another job after that. Um, and that does it for our, our – uh, 
our national previews. I, I suspect we would have gotten Notre Dame for best uniforms uh, and, and venue either BYU or well, Army's in there too as, as venues you want to visit. Um, is there anything else you want to add, uh, TJ? I'm not voting Notre Dame best for anything. That's it. All right. Um, well, thanks for joining us uh, on our tour around the country uh, of all the conferences. I think we touched on them all uh, and, and touched on them pretty fairly. Uh, hopefully we don't look like complete idiots at the end of the year, you know, when, uh, you know, Auburn or, uh, you know, Kentucky wins the SEC and uh, other teams, maybe Oregon State. Well, you were high on Oregon State. Uh, maybe Cal wins the Pac-12. Uh, and some uh, UTEP wins Conference USA. We could look like complete uh, and total idiots. <laughs> but thanks, guys, for joining us on our tour around uh, the country. We'll do it again next year. College football is right around the corner, so keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com uh, and follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Put out the link again. Uh, and if you have a chance, do rate it. Uh, it doesn't matter what you rate it, but do rate it. Uh, and tell us, give us your feedback uh, as best as you can. Thanks for joining us, TJ, and college, uh, IU football will be here shortly. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Um, I know we had a lot of fun doing it. So our IU-centric podcast and season preview podcast stuff for IU-centric stuff will uh, will be coming up uh, shortly. We'll get that, uh, get that rolling. I know we're already ready for it. We don't need too much research for that, but uh, – we will have that coming up soon. And, of course, Hoosier Huddle will have our continued countdown and all of our other good preseason stuff. So, hope everybody enjoyed this. We know we love doing it. Thanks, everybody. Yep, and don't forget to tune in on Monday as we'll be live in Chicago uh, for Big Ten Media Days as, as Coach Allen uh, and Indiana Indiana's players uh, will be going on on Monday, so we'll have lots of content up from Chicago. And thanks for uh, listening. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget.
To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 